Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I have what's gonna be a really exciting show for you today because we're gonna talk about two topics that I hear a lot of questions about. First and foremost is virtual real estate investing, or if you will, live where you want, but invest where the numbers make sense. Uh, and then again, uh, also this gentleman is focused or obsessed with freedom, uh, which I saw and really like. So I wanna welcome Brian Elwood to the show. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm good, Michael, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Uh, First and foremost, I was lucky enough to be on your show last week, so I, I want to thank you and appreciate that. Now it's my turn to ask you hard questions, so it's only fair. <laughs> I like being on this side better, to be honest with you. So Yeah, that's fun. So why don't, we, why don't we just introduce yourself, who you are, where you live, where you invest, and, and we'll sort of get into what you're doing today. Sure. So again, the name's Brian Elwood. I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee. I now live in Denver. And I invest in Tennessee, where I used to live. I have a business there, a small team, and a few dozen rentals. And I'm also a teacher. You know, I'm a coach. I coach people on how to get rentals, kind of similar to how you do. I have a group coaching and, and do one-on-one. -on -one. And other than that, I love to snowboard and drink good coffee and beer and hang out with friends and I do weird things like they have parkour gyms here. Have you ever heard of that before? I have. Yeah, that looks that looks hard. Yeah, it's, you know, there's intro classes where you can learn how to do it without killing yourself. <laughs> um, so I like to do stuff like that and skateboard and just enjoy the, the Colorado sunshine. And yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm well, there, there's six. Yeah, there's freedom right there, right? The time is yours. You choose how you uh, how you want to deploy it. Mm hmm. That's cool. Absolutely. So, so first, let's jump into this virtual, um, virtual real estate investing. Again, I call it sort of live where you want and invest where the numbers make sense. So living where you want in your case is Denver and investing where the numbers make sense is Nashville. So um, why don't we talk about what that is? Because, you know, some people look at that and go hard, risky. I'm going to get taken advantage of. So demystify that kind of, kind of lay out the checks and balances that you recommend and uh, sort of give your, your thoughts on that. Sure. And I'll back up because I skipped part of my story of sort of how I got into, into investing, but it's tied to that question. Okay. So I started out in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. Most people invest in their own backyard, right? I mean, it's just natural to do so. And, um, you know, I got some momentum going, but this was about maybe eight years ago or so. I haven't been doing this as long as you have, unfortunately. I wish I would have started a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, you know, I got in eight-ish years ago. And things were good for a while. But when you, we got to around maybe 2015 or 2016, 
all of a sudden all the good deals are drying up and Nashville proper. I mean, you couldn't get those 50 to a hundred thousand dollar houses anymore that were renting above like what, you know, the 1% rule where one month's rent divided by the all in price is over 1%. It's what I look for. And so, you know, my genius, my so-called genius kind of ran out. I'm like, man, I thought everything I touched turned to gold. <laughs> a lot of my success had to do with just timing, lucky timing and market conditions, right? So I had to start looking about an hour outside of Nashville to find houses that still made sense if I wanted to continue to grow my portfolio. So I was forced to learn what made a good rental market, like rent to price ratio, economy, population growth, economic diversity, all these weird things that you have to figure out. And then I had to build a team because I didn't want to actually drive an hour to look at every deal, to manage every contractor, to, you know, do all that stuff. I wanted, I've always wanted to just, you know, have that coffee shop type business where I'm just like behind the scenes, pulling the strings and looking at the spreadsheets, right? And so then once I got that up and running and I was able to invest in the outskirts of Nashville, I uh, moved to Denver to really test my theory where it was impossible for me to drive by a house, right? And since then, I've been here for about four years and I've been doing it that way, um, you know, and, and haven't had any problems. So I guess a few of the big objections that people have about virtual real estate investing is, you know, how do you pick a market? And then the, and, and I guess I'll let you pick which one you want me to dive into because each of these could be its own episode, you know, but how to pick a market and then how do you find deals there, right? You don't know anyone and how do you manage the property? How do you manage a rehab virtually? How do you manage it once it's rented, right? There's just so much fear around investing. Like if I told you, hey, you know, Michael, you got to start buying houses in Kansas City today, you'd be like, well, wait, what? I need to look into this a little bit, right? There's, there's quite, even as an experienced investor, you'd want to like do some research, right? So you can imagine a beginner has way more red flags that pop up. Yeah. And so the truth, the, at the end of the day, guys, you know, there is an answer to every objection you have. We can go into some of them in this episode, Yeah, but it's on you to dig in and find what other people are doing to overcome all those big questions because people are like me are doing it. We're not just lying about this. Yeah. So it's on you to, to figure it out. Yeah. So I think the, the, what, again, just trying to be a listener for a minute. Um, I think a lot of them, see the sexiness of what we'll call virtual real estate investing, basically out of town. Mm -hmm. My suspicion though, is a lot of them are being courted or attracted by turnkey providers, meaning finished product already leased. But what I heard you outline, Brian, is you're willing to buy stuff that needs work, right? You talked about a repair team and all of that. So maybe the first thing we should touch on is a, do you buy turnkeys today in Nashville or do you buy kind of fixers? And yeah, why don't we start there? That's a great point. Um, and I have bought a few turnkeys in, in my career. I'm not totally opposed to them, but I like the model that I use where I buy fixed rubbers and I'll, I'll tell you why. Oh yeah. Um, the turnkeys that I've bought and the deals that I've been sent from other turnkey providers are all market value like what they cost, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning there's, there's going to be less cash flow because you're paying more for the property. I think if you were 
already pretty loaded and you had, you know, a few million bucks and you're just like, I just don't think I want this in the stock market anymore. I'm going to find some real estate. You might be better off going turnkey because there's, it's less of a headache. You just go find a turnkey provider and he'll just give you a thirty hundred thousand dollar houses. You can put your 3 million there. You'll do better than like keeping it in cash or something else, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of them will be renovated and managed you won't have much equity because you'll pay a hundred grand for each one and they're all mm -hmm. worth a hundred grand, mm -hmm. but you'll still do well because we know about all the tax benefits of real estate and everything else. Right. Sure. If you do my model, then you're going to buy that same house. That's, you know, market value is a hundred grand. You're going to buy it for about 50 Yep. and you're going to put about 20 into it. So you'll be all in for 70. So you have 30,000 in equity. Yep. Um, so you'll end up having more cash flow. <clears throat> and if the bank will give you 70% LTV, you can actually refinance all your cash back out of it. Yeah. Keep going. And, and so I like to end up with more cash flow per deal with more equity per deal. And the only difference is really, I just have to talk to some wholesalers and then mm -hmm. hire a guy. I have a project manager that I'll maybe pay a thousand dollars to manage the contractors to get the rehab done. Mm-hmm. And then that's sort of how my insurance on making sure a good job gets done long distance. Yeah. And again, it's amazing how we see the world the same way. Um, you know, my suspicion sort of taking your words in my language is if you're a busy professional and time is your problem, right? You've got seven seconds a day to devote to anything. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm not a turnkey provider. I've never bought a turnkey, right? That's, that's not how I built my business. I built it on fixtures like you. Uh, but I get that. I get why it makes sense, right? You, you're going to have the checks and balances of an appraisal and inspections and fully remodeled and leased. And yeah, it's, it's a better return than staying in the stock market or cash. So I get why mm -hmm. that makes sense. But I also, you know, if you have the, have the time or maybe it's your significant other has the time to, to devote to buying fixers or finding and identifying fixers, you can absolutely appreciate the forced equity or the equity creation. And then with, you know, banks are actually lending on stuff now, which is different than three years ago. So you can go get all, or at least most of your cash back, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the 70% uh, LTV model. So um, I like that. So let's, let's talk about that a little more. It's your model. It's the one I've used uh, to grow my portfolio. Uh, you, you sort of touched on the thousand dollar employee uh, and I don't want to use the word employee if it's the wrong word. Is it, is it an employee or is it just like a 1099 or what is that for you? That, that insurance, I think you said. So it would be like, let's say you were going to buy a house in Tennessee. I, I talked you into it, right? $50,000 yep. house or it was, let's say it was 30 grand, but you had to put 20 into it. So you, yep. So, you know, you didn't really just want to find a contractor and hope that uh, that guy called you back and did what he said he was going to do. You wanted to like, you'd want to bring someone else in to be over there three times a week, taking yeah. pictures of that house, taking videos, uploading it to Google Drive so you can see it. Mm -hmm. And then you can release those payments for that $20,000 rehab as the work gets done based yep. upon someone else's word, not just the contractor sending you a text message. Yeah, we did the painting, you know, right? So we know how that goes. So what you'd want to do, and this is what I do, is post in the Nashville RIA Facebook group, hey, I'm looking forward to hire someone to manage a rehab of mine, like a project manager. It's a very part-time kind of gig. I'll pay you mm. around a thousand bucks, uh, you know, to just basically be my, 
my eyes or my boots on the ground there. Got it. And to, and then I'll pay that person actually uh, a, a bonus so they can get like an extra 250 bucks if it's done on time, another 250 if it's done at or under budget, and then another 250 if it's done up to quality standards. So they're incentivized by the same things I am as yeah. the investor. And that's just a little extra higher. You know, I, I learned this actually from, um, I went, I joined this mastermind group, these guys that were doing like dozens of rehabs at a time, hundreds of rehabs a year. And so they really had to, uh, you know, nail down the model. Mm -hmm. They were having, they had full-time project managers that managed their contractors and they even hired another person that, that oversaw the project manager and the contractors because they were having trouble with those two people becoming buddy buddy and, and, and tweaking things because if the same project manager and contractor do a bunch of jobs together. Mm -hmm. So they actually, they had layers of wow. security for when you're doing three or 400 rehabs a year, you have to have all that. So I just adopted a very like minimalist version of what they do for a little, you know, rent ready rehab in Tennessee. Very cool. So again, so it's not an employee, it's sort of a project by project or house by house kind of project manager. Right. Okay. Right. So this is, this would in no way be their full-time job. It would be supplemental income for someone who's interested in getting into real estate and who's an organized person who can, yeah. who's punctual and can manage things. I like that. That's a very creative idea. That's a little gym, a little nugget there that I hadn't thought about. I like that. I may, I may adopt that in my little market two and a half hours away. I'm getting tired of driving there. Nice. 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 Okay. Uh, you just brought up an idea I want to talk about to touch on masterminds. Uh, sounds like you're a fan. They provide value. You probably run your own or at least something similar. Um, why don't we talk about, you know, getting around like-minded individuals for, for a day or two? Man, that's a great question. So I'm not actually currently in a mastermind or, nor do I have one. And that's probably a big mistake. I focused, I'm more like learning about digital marketing and education now. And that's where I'm going to seminars and conferences because I'm really passionate about teaching other people what we to do what we've done. Yeah. But if you look back at my story and what, what, they, what were the big shifts that happened, one of the biggest ones was getting into this mastermind called Collective Genius. Ah, yeah. run by a guy named Jason Medley, and it's got a lot of big time investors, a lot of popular podcasters are in there, people whose names you would recognize. Uh, Joe McCall is one of them. He's the one that got me in the group because he was my one-on-one -on -one coach and I asked him to introduce me. Anyways, you know, and I'm just a wholesaler at this time. I'm doing okay. Maybe I'm doing 30 or 40 wholesale deals a year. Of course, like everyone else, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And my real goal is passive income and freedom. But I started out wholesaling because yeah. someone told me to, right? And so I go to this mastermind and I've got zero rental properties when I get there. And, and there's a guy in the room that has 225 single family houses and he's in his late 20s. There's another guy who has 150. There's another guy who has 100. There's multiple guys who have 50, 60, 70, 80 rentals, and they act like it's no big deal, you know? Um, they're like, yeah, my goal is to get to 1,000. I'm like, dude, I just want one. I don't even know how, <laughs> how to do this. And so the first meeting, I just completely shut up. I just took crazy notes. And I remember they were talking about all these things like private lending and family money and lines of credit and all this stuff I didn't even know about. I thought like, I didn't know how to really finance rentals right at that time. And so 
I went back from that meeting and it was like my brain had just been blown wide open. I was like, dude, I'm just playing small. Like I obviously can get one rental if these yeah. guys can get 200, you know, like, so that like gave me permission to like, to jump in and start doing it, even though I was still really scared when I bought my first one. Huh. Um, and then, you know, I was part of that group for about four years. We met every quarter and we would present in front of the group and ask for feedback. And I mean, these guys are just have really successful businesses and a lot of different types of businesses there, but um, yeah, that really, there, there's something about, you know, you've heard the famous quote that uh, you want to, uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, or you want to be the dumbest person at the dinner table. Yeah, I really believe that even I, sometimes I even go to events just because I want to be around like-minded people. It's refreshing. Yep. Average person you might hang out with in your city doesn't want to talk about business or entrepreneurship or personal development or real estate, you know? And so when you get around someone who does, you just, I light up and I'm sure you do too. Oh yeah. Uh, and so it's really, really important who you hang out with. Yeah. So shout out to the group at collective genius. Uh, we got yeah. we gotta make some introductions and get some of those guys on this show. So that, I'll look for that sure. for me later. Um, so that's really cool. So why don't we talk about the other part of what keeps you busy today? The coaching both one-on-one -on -one and groups. Cause I've seen some of the stuff you do and it's, it's pretty cool. So Talk about that. Thanks. Yeah, so my, my angle, I guess, that I'm pitching is that everyone should have at least 12 rental properties. Because if you make, uh, I can't remember the exact number I used, it's somewhere around like two to $300 net per month on each property, you'll make the equivalent of 50 grand a year after you take the, you factor in the depreciation write off. Yep. You actually only make like 41, but it's the same as making 50 and getting taxed at the rate of like having a normal job, right? Yeah. So, and 50K is actually the average American income. Uh, so, most people would actually be able to pay all their bills with just 12 rentals and no job. And so, I'm like, why in the hell don't you focus on getting 12 rentals? You know, like one rental at a time, exactly. get 12, right? And so, um, that's sort of my angle. I'm actually going to change the name of my podcast to 12 houses to freedom ah. because that's my big push is to have, I want to be like the 12 house guy. Right. And so that's sort of what I do. I have a Facebook group that's called passive income for wholesalers where, you know, I'm going after wholesalers that, you know, are just where I used to be, where I was wholesaling and I wanted to create passive income and trying to help them, you know, have a mindset shift about keep starting to keep some of those deals and not just flipping and just making uh, just the chunk money like we talked about last week. Yep. Um, and so I do that and I have a group coaching, you know, I coach a group twice a week and then I have a few one-on-one -on -one clients at any given time. And, you know, the purpose is always about, it's not just about passive income, right? Because passive income only gives us what we think we, we want or we right. think it'll give us a certain lifestyle, right? So my big thing, like when I coach people is, I'm like, what is your perfect day? Just tell me about one day in your life. Like you wake up, what would you do in the morning? What would you do late morning, lunch, afternoon, evening, right? If you, if you do anything and then we craft a plan to get them to living that day over and over again, like the movie Groundhog Day, except in a positive light, right? Because yeah. maybe he actually doesn't like that life. 
And of course, you're not going to live the same day over and over again. But for me, I've found that by defining your perfect day, that's the most effective like North Star that you use to make decisions based upon. You know, you can't say I want to be a lawyer because it sounds sexy when the average day of a lawyer is paperwork and being in a courtroom, right? Because you wouldn't enjoy the day-to-day lifestyle. So you start with day-to-day lifestyle and work backwards from there. And most people's involves real estate because it, it takes care of the finances at some point, right? But I also help people with starting businesses or, you know, getting healthy or changing their mindset. I have a lot of passions and a lot of things I want to help the world with. I'm starting with real estate, but I'd love to, you know, be a, write tons of books and be a thought leader one day. And that's, that's my big vision. Very, very cool. I would be remiss if we didn't close out this opening session, Brian, by asking you what your perfect day is. Sure. I'd love to tell you. So my perfect day would be, and, and I, and I'm, I think I'm mostly there, you know, of course there's some things I'd love to change, but, um, I wake up, no alarm clock, slow morning with my wife and our dogs. We don't have kids just yet. And just drinking coffee, just sitting outside, watching the sunrise kind of thing, reading a book. Then I like to go exercise for about an hour and a half and then come home and spend two or three hours creating. I love to create. That really lights me up, whether I'm writing a book or recording a a video course or whatever it might be. So I have a creative output type of morning. Then I have lunch with friends, you know, fun lunch, we're laughing, we're laid back, relaxed, no time constraints. And then afternoon would be about teaching and coaching. So that's my other passion. Uh, it's just, I, I, we would either with, be with a group teaching in real estate or it could even be volunteering at a nonprofit. It doesn't really matter as long as I'm teaching and helping other people improve their lives in some way. And then I'd probably uh, go have a delicious dinner. I'd probably go watch a UFC fight. I'm a huge MMA fan. And then, uh, you know, drink a, a IPA and go to bed, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a day that you could go through Groundhog Day and enjoy every time. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Something outside too, something out in nature at some point, like mountains or a beach for a little while would be. That would really complete it. Little little sprinkles on top of that Sunday. Very, very right. cool. <laughs> so uh, this, is, this is awesome. I love what you're doing, uh, both on the uh, you know, virtual real estate investing and coaching. But let's, let's rewind the clock, right? Because everybody starts somewhere, right? Before you had your first rental, maybe even before you wholesaled, what, what got you into, you know, what was the spark that got you into wholesaling, right? Right, right at the beginning? Do you remember? Yeah, so I graduated from the University of Tennessee around 05 or 06, and I had an English degree, and the market was, you know, well, the market hadn't crashed yet. It was about to, but um, I had a lot of trouble. I finally got a job in corporate America doing health insurance claims. I was making like 30-something thousand a year, sitting in a cubicle all day. And just calling, imagine calling companies like Medicare and Blue Cross Blue Shield all day being like, I'm calling about claim number seven, four, five, three. That's what I did. I did that for three and a half years. 
You know, and you like if you knew me, which you're getting to know me, my personality is not the type that fits with that at all. Yeah, no, that would not be good. So I became very unhappy. I tried all kinds of things to like save my sanity there. I would go to the bathroom and do yoga or go out to my minivan and play guitar or like I did all those kinds of goofy stuff and you know, to avoid working, but none of it worked and I actually became kind of depressed. Like I'd go for two or three days at a time where I'm just kind of like, man, you know, this sucks. Or I, just, I just wasn't excited about life and I was just dreading every day because yeah. I was trading time for dollars doing something I hated, which is why I'm passionate now about saving people from that. Uh, and so I, one day my girlfriend who I'm now married to was just like, you know, you can do better than this. Like, this is not, you know, your like end all be all. Like, I think you just need to, to quit. And so I, I took her up on it and I did, I, I quit my job and had very little savings. I lasted a few months. Then I had to go get a job at a grocery store up the street from my house. And then now I make it even less money. I'm making like nine bucks an hour as the produce guy. So I'm hydrating. I don't know if you knew this, but I learned you can hydrate lettuce and kale by like cutting the bottom of it off and putting it in water and it makes it look prettier and lasts longer. I know I do. Grocery stores do that. Like, all to everything so that the stuff lasts longer. So I was doing that and, you know, I was the produce guy, like putting the apples out and tomatoes and, uh, and anyways, that it was at that grocery store where I read rich dad, poor dad. I ordered a this like tiny copy that some, I don't, I accidentally ordered a little copy, but it worked out good because I read it in the bathroom. Every time I go pee, I would like read a chapter really fast. And I was just geeking out about it. It was like, this is my ticket out. It's so like what he's talking about like instead of working for dollars make every little dollar work for you. Like he had an analogy in the book, like every dollar is a little soldier that goes yeah. to work for you. What if you had thousands of soldiers working for you? It's like, ah, you know, this is totally different from what I've been taught. And so I knew real estate was the thing. And then uh, suddenly, you know, life works in funny ways. Like this guy comes into the store, like not long after, and he's a young guy and he was a flipper in Nashville. And after I annoyed him enough he agreed to teach me kind of what he did. And really the first thing he taught me to do was find deals because he needed deals. Ah. I started driving around, writing down addresses, of ugly houses, sending them letters. And then they would call me and I would like run to the bathroom of the grocery store with my apron on. And I'm in there like taking seller phone calls and I have no money. And I'm like, why am I offering to buy these people's houses? Right. But I, so I was kind of diverting the calls of the mentor and, um, Eventually, uh, I found a deal for him that he bought, right? And so he stepped in and, and bought it and paid me a $1,000 finder's fee. And because I'm a little bit, you know, crazy, I was like, okay, I'm quitting my job right now because I just made $1,000 working for two or three hours. It's like $300 an hour, <laughs> making $9 an hour at the grocery store. You know, I can definitely do this, you know, if I went all in. Turns out I only found, I found him about nine deals total in the next year. So I only made like nine grand the next year on my tax return. But that was my first year as an entrepreneur. I was just bird dogging for one guy, made nine grand, okay? Um, but I learned so much that year and it was so scary and so it was risky, you know, I guess. But like, I'm so glad I did it because I made more money than I'd ever made the next year and then more the year after that and after that. And like, so that was like my springboard year into the whole world of real estate. But eventually after that year, you know, I realized I don't need to just bird dog these. I can, 
like I can learn how to wholesale. I was real scared to put something under contract in my name, you know, so right. it was always nice to just like wedge him in the middle and be like, here, you talk to the seller. I don't know what to do. But eventually I just got it. I decided to do. And then I made like 10 grand on a wholesale deal. And I was like, whoa, that's more than I made in a whole year finding deals for this guy. So it's funny, like the way your mindset sort of levels up with each uh, successive win, you know, and you believe like that you can do more. Uh, and that's still going on for me. You know, I'm still like learning what I what's possible and where I'm limited. But, you know, so I got into wholesaling. I found a partner. We partnered up. We were like 50-50 business partners. And um, we we started wholesaling and, and we grew our business to doing like three or four hundred grand a year or so. But we were totally maxed out and we were doing all the work ourselves. So then we like read the book, The E-Myth, and we learned about team building. We started hiring. We hired like a full-time sales guy. And that actually blew the business up to over a million a year because he was just going out and getting contracts constantly. And all we had to do was market for them and then sell them once he got them. And so then we built a big team under us with all that extra money and probably spent too much money bloating our organization out. But we stayed doing over a million a year for four years straight. But I got really sick of it being a CEO and having 10 person team and, and all that. And that's sort of when I really, um, and during that time was when I went to that mastermind group and I, and I put my foot down and I said, I'm going to start buying rentals, you know, you know, and it sounds like we were making tons and tons of money the way I put, you know, million dollars. But like when you have, we were spending probably a couple hundred grand a year just on direct mail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then the payroll on top of that, like we had a lot of expenses coming out. We we're still doing pretty good, but like, you know, I did end up buying a lot of the rentals I bought without but I'm just throwing tons of cash at them. So I don't want people to think, well, he had it, you know, easy. He, he had all that. He had millions to buy rentals. I definitely didn't have millions to buy rentals, right? I had to find other creative ways to buy them. Yeah. But as I grew my portfolio and I got to about 25 or so houses over about three years of going hard at that, I pulled the plug on the wholesaling. I told my business partner, my heart's not in this anymore. I don't want to do it. And then we split ways. And now here I am basically. Yeah. So the, I love your story for lots of different reasons. First off, I think anybody watches my channel will, will be able to see themselves in part of your story, right? Yeah. Taking entrepreneur, took a shot, you know, stepped backwards at an income level a couple of different times, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then started, started to succeed and, and grew, um, you know, it, steps along the way. The other thing I'm glad you mentioned is a lot of wholesalers talk about gross assignment fees, right? The million bucks a year. Yeah. Um, this game's not about gross people. <laughs> it's about net <laughs> and you could easily blow a couple hundred grand a year on marketing, direct marketing, uh, yep. a 10 person team with overhead and insurance and liability. I mean, just, Oh my God. Um, you know, is expensive. Right. And, mm -hmm. and a gross million dollars a year is not net million dollars a year uh, no. that way. So, um, so I, I'm glad you sort of highlight that sometimes people get lost in the sexiness of, Oh my God, a million dollars. It's not a million. It's not a million. Times have you seen uh, like an episode of Shark Tank where they're like, "Yeah, we did 1.5," and they say, "How much did you make?" Well, we lost fifty thousand dollars. You know, like, exactly. You know, my my wife's like, "How do they lose fifty grand? They made a 1.5 million." I'm like, yeah, well, how much "Let me count the ways." Yeah, let me. Yeah. Count the ways. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, this is this has been a lot of fun. I love I love this I love this story, but I always got to go next. So, 
put on your little time machine or whatever you want to call it. Look out three to five years. Where's, where's Brian in, in your business coaching? Are, you know, are you still in Denver? What, what does it look like in three to five years? Yeah. So in three to five years, I plan on still living here in Denver. I'd like to continue to grow my real estate portfolio. I want to kind of get into multifamily, kind of like what you're doing. Maybe I can hire you as my coach. Yeah. I want to, I want to learn, I want to elevate my mindset to where I can believe that I can take on like a 30 unit building. Cause right now I still like, it's too scary for me. And I know that that's a mindset thing, but sure. um, so that's something I want to get into. And then as far as the education goes, I'm in the process of building a course, you know, I want to build like a really rock solid course that's, that doesn't suck and just like, and includes everything someone would need to do to get their first 12 houses. And so right now I'm just kind of coaching lots of people and figuring out what questions they're asking and where their hangups are. So that, and that's going to inform that course. So by then that course will be, have definitely been done and, and selling and hopefully helping tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people figure this out. You know, I really want to change people's lives through real estate and, and like you do and help them have this epiphany of what it can do for your freedom and your time. And then on top of that, uh, probably we'll start to coach people on just becoming entrepreneurs because I, I believe that another way to really live your perfect day is to start a business doing something that you love, that you can make money doing, right? Because that's sort of like, um, it's not trading time for dollars because you're, you would do it anyway. So I ask people like, let's say you had a hundred million in the bank. What would you do with your time then? And sometimes people give me crappy answers like, I would just sit on the beach and drink cocktails, but they really wouldn't. You'd get tired of that after a while. So I want to help people figure out whatever the answer to that is, like how could they start doing it now and not wait until they have all the money and find a way to monetize it. Because I really believe that entrepreneurship plus investing is the ultimate combination. Um, you do what you love, you make money doing it, you make more money on average than someone who has a job and then you pump that money into investing. And then that really blows up. Robert Kiyosaki echoes this in all his books. He's like, if you start a business and you make a lot of money and you put it into real estate, first of all, you avoid paying a lot of tax uh, and then you just, it snowballs the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of, I guess, the second piece of my mission, you know, is after really feeling like I did the world a solid in terms of real estate investing to kind of shift to entrepreneurship. Very, very cool. And you know, educating people on what it is to be an entrepreneur is going to be awesome because, you know, when I look back over my, certainly my adult life, I had nobody in my life that wasn't in the rat race, right? My parents are both in the military, high school educated, mm. and I never saw like my little circle of influence, anybody that did what didn't run really, really hard every day to pay the bills. So that's just all I knew, right? Go to school, mm. get a good job, you know, whatever. Um, so showing people that there is another way, um, it's going to be awesome. And I look forward to seeing what you produce there, Brian. So if people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, watch your podcast, this is where I turn the show over to you because you have lots of stuff to share. So um, go for it. Let's, let's see how people get a hold of you. Sure. I'll just do one call to action just to make it simple. This is something that I just put up. I created a free course on exactly how you guys can get the money for your rental properties. Even if you don't have cash, you don't have good credit, you don't have a track record. And in this course, I go over 
all the different types of financing that exist and sort of show you examples of them, examples of the ones, how I've used them in my business. And so I really hope it clears things up for you guys so you can get over this hurdle and start buying houses. You guys can get free access to that course at fearlessfinancing.com. Fearlessfinancing.com? Yep. Very cool. I will put that in the show notes for you uh, so people get that. So folks, hope you appreciate this. What, what Brian is bringing to you uh, is pretty awesome. I get lots of questions about virtual real estate investing, how to get started, what are the risks, the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, we talked about so many different things. And uh, Brian, I really appreciate your time and thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for what you do as well. Thanks for having me on. You got it, man. Take care.